Good afternoon or good morning. This is Alan from Cantastic Wrestle Corner, and we have another great, exciting podcast here at SLTD Wrestling Affiliated Podcast, Cantastic Wrestle Corner. Of course, I am your host, uh, the Cantastic. You can find me on SLTD, writing about mostly impact wrestling and other wrestling related topics. And I am pleased again to welcome. Uh, my guest and uh, also frequent uh, contributor to SLTD, Mike Charlotte. Mike, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Mike Charlotte. I'm uh, mouthing off with Mike JC on SLTD Wrestling, and I do the AW reviews every week, as well as I have my own website, MikeJCOnWrestling.com, where I talk about wrestling even more. Uh, I don't post on there as often as I should, but I, I hopefully will be doing more on there in the coming weeks. Cool, cool. So uh, we got an exciting episode uh, this week. So we've just broken down to uh, six specific topics that uh, each of us, uh, we each uh, provided three, and we're just going to talk about those. So what I'm going to do is we're going to alternate. So I'll start off with my first topic and then Mike will start off with his topic on his list and then we'll just alternate until we're finished. So I think uh, let's the first topic I really want to dive into is that I've had a lot of time to think about this. It is the lumberjack zombie or zombie lumberjack match that mm-hmm. happened at WWE Backlash last Sunday between The Miz and Damian Priest. I have I have watched this match three times now just to make sure that I actually saw what Mike described to me last weekend when he told me backlash was great, the wrestling was great, the storytelling was great, except there's one match in there. I, I think you'll figure it out when you see it. And it's a lumberjack match between Priest and Miz, except all the lumberjacks were zombies or actors dressed as zombies in fact one of them was apparently an elvis impersonator zombie so um i think some of them may have been part of adam rose's rosebuds or part of no way jose's conga line from a while back Uh, and uh, um yeah what is this (laughs) i i know that one of them was scotty Tuhati. Oh, okay. Because I've or last time. Oh, really? Like, like for real? Like he was. Yeah, actually, well, it was actually him. The one, the one that was wearing like the orange shirt. Was he the one um, crawling out from the announce table? Yeah. Yeah, that was. I thought that was funny when the announcers were like, you know, Adnan and uh, Co- mm-hmm. uh, Corey. They were all like, "Oh, there's a zombie crawling out!" Oh, and they start running away. And the last time I saw announcers running away from their table basically leaving their job was when Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker got it on in the ring mm-hmm. <laughs> they thought the place was going to implode yeah. so I'm watching this it's like you know they, they did all these special effects with the lighting and like I understand what this was supposed to be about it's promoting Dave Bautista's new Netflix movie Army of the Dead okay which mm-hmm. as of yes as of Friday May 21st starts streaming on Netflix if you're all interested but apparently it's not very good Okay, Mike, we're talking about <laughs> 2021. Like, how many, how many more freaking zombie, like, zombie content do we need? Like, oh, don't worry, there will be more. I, I was, heard, I heard that Adnan tried to explain to the audience what a zombie is, and I'm like, do you? Uh, I, I, I'm starting to tune him out. 
Okay, because uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I watched this again and again, and I am um, I listened to a lot of commentary. Either it was either the worst thing that wrestling has ever produced, or according to someone like Jim Cornette, it set wrestling back fifty years. Or so, like uh, now, Cornette, of course, also said blood and guts set wrestling back fifty years. But who knows what that man is thinking nowadays? Yeah, but, and yeah. and I think you know that there was that report that a source in WWE said that blood and guts set wrestling back thirty years. But Jericho, of course, had to. I had, yeah, I saw that to, tweet. Had to poke fun and and say, "Wow, zombies! That set wrestling back thirty years." <laughs> exactly. So, I'm like, I, I kind of agree with Chris on that point. I mean, if I had to pick well, between either zombies or blood and guts, then... Well, which which one would you rather have? Would you rather have a stupid lumberjack match that is only there to promote a movie that helps nobody or a story, a match that actually is telling a story, which is doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in wrestling? Exactly. And, uh, no, you know, you can criticize blood and guts all you want but at the end of the day it was at least a we focused on the wrestling match see with the zombie lumberjack match it would watch it three times to actually remember like what damien and this did to each other in the match like actually like i would have to say damien priest is like like if i had to describe his in-ring style it's like high flying power moves because mm-hmm. like you got a guy who's like jumping off the the top turnbuckle for like a spinning heel kick. So like well, the guy is like six, seven. Yeah. And I, and I love that. I saw this post of like his incredible body transformation. Cause like mm-hmm. even just a decade ago, he was a, looked like he was like 250 pounds and he it's went from very, that to like, it's just that. another thing that you can add to the list, comparing him to being a very more athletic Baron Corbin. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, he really <laughs> pretty much is that Baron Corbin look, but I think the the issue with the match is like like I wasn't enraged by it. I just sat there and I just started laughing my head off just at I this was, whole concept. I was, I was shaking like, my head the whole time. <laughs> I mean, it was like, what is this? Like, you got these zombies going around, and the, and at one point, Damien and the Miz, they were like, oh, they backed it, backed up into each other, and they're like briefly teaming up to See, fight off the zombies. That part bothered me because. They've been feuding since February. They shouldn't be working together. Damian Priest should have ran away or went back in the ring or fed Miz to the zombies and just watched. He shouldn't have been helping him. Yeah, and I think... um... I get it's a zombie movie trope thing. Like, oh, enemy of my enemy is my friend thing. We have to work together because we're the humans and they're the zombies. It was all bad. And I felt like it would have made more sense because Damian Priest has been embarrassed by the Miz. So why should he want to help him? Well, ever? I think, well, at this point, uh, he's not going to be dealing with the Miz uh, anymore for the no. foreseeable future because apparently the Miz tore his ACL. Yeah. First serious injury of the Miz's entire wrestling career. And I think I actually well, saw the, the point in the match where the Miz tore his ACL because he started holding his yeah. knee. And then there was at one point when Damien had to deal with Morrison, who was on the outside. And Miz was like pushing the ref, like talking to him. So I'm at, at that yeah. point, I saw like, okay, I think he's injured. So they're calling for well, him. Yeah. And I, I mean, I give him credit for finishing the match and obviously yeah. building to the spot that they were building to because they were always going to do that stupid spot or Miz was getting 
quote unquote eaten. I mean, and, yeah. Um, I mean, it was obvious but, uh, this was a promo for like a stupid movie because when Damien points to the ceiling instead of his at yeah. his name, which he keeps saying will live forever, we get this yeah. logo for and that movie. Freaking Dave Batista's tweeting during the match, and he's like, "Hey, I couldn't make it to WrestleMania Backlash, but I sent some of my friends." And everybody is like, "Is because since he wrote that, everybody's tweeting him back." He's like, "Could you?" Could you take your friends back? We don't want them. And <laughs> you know, it's funny he tweeted that, and then later when he's responding to all the hate tweets about how bad this match was, he tweets out, "Why the f are you asking me? Uh, you know, you think yeah. I booked a bunch of fucking zombies? I'm on a fucking plane. Talk yeah. to Vince. He's not even exactly. watching the pay per view. So <laughs> exactly. So why why would he send out the first tweet, basically promoting the movie and the match?" and then have an argument for people complaining about him writing that first tweet. <laughs> it's well, stupid. I, I, yeah, like, like, dude, when you reap what you sow, right? You wanted to, like, uh, like, promote the movie. You called your old friends in WWE. What did you, you had to expect something stupid when of, of, Vince of all the of all the Batista <laughs> movies for for WWE to promote? They could have promoted Marvel movies for over a decade instead they promote this crap <laughs> you know what it, you know what since we were talking about blood and guts earlier it was just making me think the last time we talked i met i mentioned that my idea for blood and guts would have been one entire hour of the match commercial free you have one sponsor and then you kind of have the announcers yeah. the commentators name drop the name drop the um the advertiser now yeah. In this case, for the zombie thing, like I think this was like a parallel to that idea, but I think they really executed it wrong. Or, or it shouldn't have been done in the first place. Like if you want to promote zombies for at backlash, do it for like a twenty four seven title segment or some weird thing like that. Like have one of the zombies win the title. That would be more interesting. So like yeah, it's just it, just it, it in, was such a such a waste of time. It was like you insert and- it into a match. It was literally in the middle of the card. Like there were seven matches on the card, and it was and it was fourth. And all these other matches were really, really good. Like were really were either good to really good. And you stick it in the middle, and it's just like, well, you you ruined the first half of the show by killing the momentum. So now we have to get it back. Yeah, like if you were tuning in. And you saw that match in the middle of the card. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you just turned it off and like, I'm not watching this shit. I would have put that. Ma- they should have put that match in the death spot because nobody would have cared. Yeah. The death spot is the, is the match right before the main event. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like right before Roman and Cesaro, they would have they could have included that. Because and- then you would have all like because like I said, every match on the card for the most part was was good to really good. Yeah. Or, you know, great. And every match kind of told the story and did what it was supposed to do. And then you have this match, which is supposed to be the culmination of a feud that should have ended at WrestleMania. And they prolonged it just for, I don't know if this was the reason for prolonging it. I really hope not, but. I think, I think the the only upside is that because priest did the job, did his, uh, did his job. And his push is probably going to continue within WWE's framework, at least. So at least yeah. he's getting a push. 
I mean, he's he's on Raw. He had another lumberjack match with John Morrison. After beating Morrison, he named he drops out. Oh, he drops down that. Oh, maybe I'll challenge for the WWE title oh. if uh, Bobby Lashley gave me that. Oh, so challenge. did so did five other people. Yeah. Oh, and he <laughs> didn't come out though. Kofi came out, but yeah. you know, you could have spun that in a different direction, but. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, let's hope that WWE uh, foregoes the zombie stuff for for a while, <laughs> and uh, as they go back to live live audiences, maybe less of this. Well, uh, you know what's going to happen is what's going to happen is they're not going to do it in October, and it's going to be like, well, this is the time that you should have done zombies because <laughs> it's October. It is, it, yeah. If, yeah. If you'd be wondering, like, oh, it's not Halloween. I don't think they're relaunching. Well, that's what everybody was saying. They're not too, like ECW. So what is going on with the zombies? That's what everybody was saying. Also, it's like maybe I would have given this a little like leeway and not cared as much if it was October because Halloween. Yeah. But you're just doing a random. Batista Zack Snyder movie that's releasing on Netflix that isn't even that good. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Okay. So WWE, please uh lay off the zombies for a while, please. Uh so uh let's or never have them ever again. Okay. And on that note, let's um move on to another topic. I believe Mike, uh which uh topic do you do uh, want to bring up? Uh well, since we're already talking about WWE, I guess we'll go into the constant rematches on Raw specifically, but it's happening on SmackDown as well. Um, every week on weekly television, WWE, for whatever reason, instead of building an actual story around anything, and th- this happens to, to literally everybody, there's like no exception, like... I've seen Charlotte versus Oscar like three times on Raw in like the past month, which you might think is fine because it's Charlotte and Oscar, but I don't need to see it over and over again if there's no reason for me to see it. I don't need to see Drew McIntyre facing Bobby Lashley on Raw before their title matches. I don't need I don't need to see the tag team champions losing singles matches before defending the titles. I don't need to see every single champion losing a non-title match before a title match and then winning the title match because that's what they do to earn title matches now. You just beat the champion. So that just sets up another rematch. And then on SmackDown, which is, I mean, again, it's happening on both shows, but also on SmackDown, you have the women's tag team titles, which is just in shambles on on all three brands because you make these NXT tag titles and there's only three teams in the in the division now and then you have on raw on when Shayna and Nia were the champions on raw they were facing either Dana and Mandy or Lana and Naomi over and over and over again and then on smackdown Instead of it also including Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, who are doing nothing, they're facing Tamina and Natalia literally every week for like eight straight weeks. In some form or fashion, it's been Natalia, Tamina, Shayna, 
and Nia together on SmackDown and also on Raw now <laughs> for over two months, over and over and over again. And they did the same thing with Apollo. Remember when Apollo faced Apollo had seven intercontinental title matches before he won the belt. And then Big E had two rematches already, but he's, I mean, thankfully he's moving on now, mm-hmm. but it's just over and over and over again, rematch after rematch after rematch and no consider, no even effort to put forth a story to make me want to care for those rematches. I'm just looking at the female roster. Okay, let's take a look at the female roster because that's where I think a lot of the repeat matches are happening. Uh, on the Raw side, they have uh, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, um, Becky, but maternity leave, Lacey Evans, yeah. maternity leave, uh, mm-hmm. Charlotte, Dana Brooke, Lana, Mandy Rose, Naomi, Nia Jax, Nikki Cross, Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler. So yeah, I definitely think Naya and Shayna have had a lot of TV exposure. They just had it last night. They apparently they somehow just pinned the women's tag team champions again. Well, of course, that's to set up the rematch that again up. on Monday, which it is just happening. Con- it just confused me why they suddenly showed up on Friday. And I remember, oh yeah, they have the cross-brand invitational every uh, and quarter. That's And I hate that because it's just... <laughs> it's because just a- every... Because every time it happens, everybody forgets that it's a thing. So every time it happens and we forget it's a thing, it's like, why, why, are, why are Nia and Shane on SmackDown? They right. You don't titles. promote it. You don't mention it on yeah. the air. Exactly. Like, and that's a thing. Like, you should promote that if it's going to be like a thing. If Nia and Shane are going to show up on SmackDown when they shouldn't be there, you should promote that instead of confusing the audience into having to remember something stupid. Yeah, like I'm looking at the raw roster here and it's it's slim pickings, I will say. I think the NXT women's roster, technically speaking, has more uh, active people on the on the roster right yeah, now. Just not just not in the tag team division. Yeah. So like, you know, instead of seeing maybe Oscar and Charlotte every week, I mean I mean we saw Charlotte fight Dana Brooke and then Mandy Rose. But yeah. you know Yeah, but but like I mean the only week... one the only one is Nikki Cross on Raw. And I mean actually Nikki Nikki was on was on Raw uh, this past week. Yeah, she was she, part she of the was... Mayo Lumberjack. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, I guess they I guess they said well She's just here, so let her go outside and yeah. throw, throw hey, Morrison in hey, the Hey, Nikki, ring you want to act crazy? Place. Yeah, go, go, uh, go hang out with the guys for a while. And <laughs> like, then the, the Alexa thing is not working, and nobody really cares about that at all. So, and the, the problem that they have is that they don't know how to balance both divisions. So, like, if Lana and Naomi are not challenging for the titles right now and they lost already three title opportunities in the last like two months you know they can do separate things but also still be a team the tag team champions don't have to feud with the with the singles champion and they like to do that a lot i mean but it's like all these people can be individuals while also being in a tag team it's not difficult and there's no reason why we have to see the same matches over and over and over again. Like on SmackDown, they finally bring out 
uh, no, on Raw. Sorry, yeah. they finally have Drew Gulak and Angel Garza doing something, whether it's dumb or not. And instead of building it to something, they just faced again, and Angel Garza won again. So, is it over, or are they going to face a third time next week for no reason at all? Yeah, like, like I'm not getting to what this. Drew Gulak, Angel Garza thing is other than like they just insult each other in the back, and like Angel shoving a flower up his up Drew's at butt, and like yeah, oh, and that, then, that's gonna lead to a and know. then this week instead of that he put it in his mouth and kicked him in the face. Okay, so but like so so what like what are they gonna? Where's face my again? where's my emotional investment in this? And thing? they made a giant deal out of Jinder Mahal coming back and saying that he was gonna have new competition. When uh, if you if I you didn't I didn't see gender this week <laughs> exactly last week he was on and instead of facing somebody new he faced Jeff Hardy who he faced the week before I don't know I mean you'd think, <laughs> you'd think they figure something out with three hours on hand to do do a lot of stuff oh no with a three hour show we got to have only like ten people on the show tops it's, it's baffling it's it's it, baffling. It, and I mean, it's a this company has been around for over seventy years, and have been in this business line of work for that long. You would think that they would know how to tell stories and how to make things make sense, and how to not have constant rematch after rematch after rematch. Like, I don't want to see. Drew Gulak lose to Angel Garza again because I've seen it. Yeah, I don't I'm... I don't want to see Ricochet lose to Sheamus again because I've seen it and you haven't given me a reason to care about said feud. Sheamus Sheamus won and then just they that's another thing that they do over and over and over again is the heel wins clean but the face has to attack them after the match to get their revenge. They did it with Shinsuke and Baron Corbin too. Shinsuke and Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin won a six man clean. They faced the following week. Baron Corbin won clean. Shinsuke attacked him after the match. Then they had the rematch this week and the face won via distraction. Right. Okay. So yeah, it's like at this point, Corbin's a heel, but he's the guy who had his property stolen. So I'm supposed to cheer for the guy who's the thief, right? But yeah. it's it. I think it. I think for this week, uh, the Shinsuke stuff may have been a uh, little more pepped up by uh, him being paired off with. Uh, oh, what's his name again? Okay, it was Eric. Rick, Bugen, now is Rick now it, Boogs. Rick Boogs. He spelled it B O O G S, but his Twitter handle still says B U G E Z. So I'm like, dude, how do you, yeah. how do you spell your name? Like, correct, you know, yeah. you confirm that, please. Well, at that's the, that's not his playing. Yeah, but at least he's playing a real guitar instead of like the air guitar. Yeah. Like, well, the name the name problem is not his fault. That's creative's fault. Yeah, <laughs> but at least I think even SmackDown in comparison to Raw is still moderately better in terms of like yeah, but stories. But yeah, repeat matches. I don't. I don't know. We can't. But I don't want to see Corbin versus Shinsuke again. Yeah, I don't want to see that either. Like, just because, Baron, like the whole reason the feud is still going is, is because, because Shinsuke lost and took the crown. Right. And then 
they have to have this rematch where he randomly comes out with a guy with a guitar, which is fine, but it didn't make sense because it, they didn't set it up. It just happened. And Corbin lost because the guitar distracted him. <laughs> and so now they're going to have a rematch again for the third time in a singles match and fourth time in as many weeks because the first week was a six man. And Shinsuke is probably going to win again because WWE doesn't know how to tell a story without just doing the same match over and over and over again. And that's why the champions lose every single week. <sighs> well, I don't know. I mean, they have so much talented people there. I think it's all, I think it really boils down to just the writers themselves are they're good at writing like production wise writing for like a TV show, but they mm -hmm. don't know anything about wrestling. So, well, I think it's it's or, a double edged sword because right. I feel like if they they probably do know what they're doing. The problem is is that the person who has to approve that stuff doesn't understand how to tell a story anymore. Vince McMahon just... Will, <laughs> I knew you were going to go to him. V Vince McMahon will tear up the script an hour before Raw and then write it, rewrite it before the show starts. And the, he wonders why people are turning the show off. And every single week, you know, and I mean, I don't listen to them, but like you hear the reports of like the earnings calls and things and they say like, oh, this was our most profitable year ever. And the we've had more fans viewing the show than ever. That's a lie. That's a lie. And we know that's a lie. Just well, saying that it's it's Be like political spin, man. It's like, you, of course, you, of course. You cannot go on a sales call and tell them how much it sucked or what the, the numbers are going down. Like you got to put the yeah. most positive, positive spin on things. Of course. But it's not just Vince. I, I mean, Triple H has to do it. Like, uh, well, yeah. Con, they all have to do it. Yeah, they're all doing it too. I mean, Triple H used to at least give stuff in those calls. He Now he's, now he's a corporate guy who doesn't tell you anything in those calls and he always has like a stupid excuse for something mm. and whenever you know like they they talk about how um every at the end of every takeover they do the you know the call after the match and they ask him like oh uh the the champion lost the like io shirai lost the title so what's next for her is she going to smackdown or and and he always says why does a losing a title always mean you have to change shows? Because that's how NXT has always worked. That's why. And we know that. So don't tell us that we're stupid. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, at this point, do you think it would be a, a, do you think it's plausible that WWE would consider moving Raw back to just two hours? Oh, absolutely. Well, how would they spin that though? Like, that, that, like how would they promote that publicly? That, that would be, I mean, uh, it's easy. for example, they were promoting that they're going back to live shows in July. That's easy to promote. That's positive. Like, yeah, everybody wants to go back to live shows. Like, literally everybody. I mean, you can't put a negative spin on that. Well, but to scale, I feel it, like they would have to try to make up that third hour somehow. And I'll obviously I'll be talking a little about that in my mm -hmm. later topic. Okay. But, okay. Um, I. 
I feel like they could um, keep the show two hours and then put that other hour on it some other time and use it to develop talent or something because that wouldn't be hard. But, you know, it doesn't have to be immediately after Raw or like like also like on Fridays, they expect you to watch three hours of wrestling also because they expect you to turn on the network and watch 205 Live. But nobody watches that either. Yeah, like seriously (laughs) they should just they should just absorb 205 live into nxt and then get rid of raw's third hour and then um maybe just put it on i don't know like some random night and and that's not competing with anybody they they could be using those those third hours for anything else to develop talent to showcase people that aren't being showcased to anything but yeah and and raw was always better when it was two hours because it wasn't dragging as much and it wasn't they weren't having to fill the show with stupid stuff every week it was the stuff that mattered and that was it so you know every single week there's always somebody on the show that shows up more than twice like there was there was a lot of weeks where Nia Jax had like three segments for no reason at all. There was a lot of weeks where our truth had three segments for no reason at all. And it didn't matter either. So you're just dragging the show by doing this over and over and over again. And of course, with the our truth stuff, I mean, we hadn't seen him in a while and he comes back this week only to lose to Akira Tozawa again. Again, another constant rematch that we've seen. We've seen that over a billion times, and that's literally just a roll-up. Yeah, because it's the twenty-four-seven title, and it's like supposed to be defended twenty-four-seven. So, you know, it's a quick, it's like a quick segment. But it's just, I don't know. I think I'm hoping that once they go back to live crowds, and once they start hearing real people reacting to stuff, then maybe they can think about like how the crowd is responding to all mm-hmm. the stuff they've been doing for over a year now. And, yeah. and, you know, and let's just hope that I'm hoping I'm a little more optimistic. I hope things go a bit better. You know, like there's always room for, there's always room for change and like, you know, stuff happens. Like who the hell knows? Like Vince could re- re- resign for whatever reason. And uh, sometime down the road, let's, I, I mean, that's the most optimistic. I mean, that's, that's an conclusion. extreme, that's an extreme that's a, thing. He's not going to, ex- I don't know. That's extreme optimism right there. Yeah, I think all this talk about Vince wait, like staying in his role until like he literally dies, dies is I, I think it's a little far fetched. I think he even he knows at some point that you know he probably should just go well, focus on the corporate aspect of his business and let the show writing to somebody the, else. The man's gonna be seventy six in yeah. two months. And, and incredibly healthy i mean he still works out like he's posing for muscle magazine still at his age so but it it, it, there has to be a line like sure he's still in great shape and this that and the other thing but there has to be a line where you know he's 76 his brain probably does not work the way that it used to and that's not an insult like he's he's old he's older so for him to worry about the creative aspect of the show 
after being after being doing that since 1983. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny that you you say this because it's um, for me is a bit of a double edged sword because considering the new U.S. president is close to eighty himself, who's wow. also been in public office in political office since the seventies. Nobody's yeah. saying Joe Biden is like senile anymore. It seems like you guys are doing pretty well. Like vaccines well, are being rolled out. It <laughs> you, on you guys are filling up stadiums while we in Canada are still locked down our houses. <laughs> so it, 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 it depends, depends on, on what the job is, right? <laughs> I, f- I feel like with any argument like that, it depends on what side you listen to. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think we should move on to another topic because we could talk about the rematches yeah. on raw all the time uh i want to move on to something i noticed that it's it may be a little bit of a sidebar but i'm noticing a lot of just random content and i would dare say clickbait from all these wrestling journalism websites Mm -hmm. and i i hate calling out a specific website but i I kind of feel like i have to because we're part of a wrestling community and we should all support each other Wrestling Inc. Um, they're very uh, prominent webs, uh, uh, wrestling mm-hmm. uh, news site. They do uh, constant anal- post-show analysis of Raw and NXT and SmackDown. In they, AEW, they just they don't do Impact Wrestling, which I find odd. But um, somebody mm. on their staff, uh, I'm not going to say who it is because I don't think I saved the screenshot for that. Mm-hmm. The, the headline says. AEW star quits the business after repeatedly denied title shot. And they show a picture of Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, FTR. Mm -hmm. And then so, okay, I opened the story. I was like, what is this? And then I read, AEW star Dax Harwood has taken to Twitter to joke that he quits the pro wrestling business because he's tired of FTR getting jumped in line by other teams in title matches against the Young Bucks. On this week's Dynamite, the Young Bucks successfully retained their titles against Varsity Blondes, after which Eddie Kingston and John Moxley were named number one contenders to the AEW World Tag Team titles. Earlier in the night, Harwood tweeted, Every team has gotten a title shot except us. We've been ranked in the top five since we dropped the belts to the execs. If Mox and every uh, te- oh sorry, if Mox and Kingston jump in line, jump in line too, I'll quit the business. And then after that match was booked for double or nothing, Harwood tweets, I quit. Mm-hmm. Since, uh, since the Bucks beat FTR for the title shots last year, they have defended their goal. So it's a recap of the Bucks and all their title defenses. And yeah. then they say Harwood, Harwood and the Pinnacle will be facing the inner circle. This is just utter nonsense to me. I, I'm getting mm-hmm. re- I got really worked up about this because I like, okay, they say AEW star quits to make it to imply that somebody's actually quitting. But they're but they're showing the tweet that it just says oh yeah Harwood just says I quit. Well, but it's a, but they acknowledge in the first paragraph it's a joke. And well, I actually what... I actually sorry let me finish. I replied yeah. to them with a Jean Luc Picard with his face palm. Uh, yeah, yeah. If saying this is clickbait nonsense. What the hell are you doing? I'm gonna unfollow you. And I literally did because I can't <laughs> follow this website anymore. If this is the kind yeah. of crap you're putting well, out, this is the. I mean, unfortunately, with all journalism, um, this is the the bait and switch stuff that they do. They they get you to they get you with the headline to read the article so that they can get the views and get the clicks on it, and then they bury the lead. They bury the lead in the headline 
because in the first paragraph, they literally tell you, oh, this is actually a joke tweet. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that, that's what they all do. And that's why, I mean, I give I give credit where credit is due sometimes, like because there's a lot of wrestling journalism out there that do that. And I mean, it, it's I mean, again, there, I mean, it's not just wrestling journalism. All journalism does this. But wrestling journalism seems to be more guilty of it because there's always something to talk about. And yeah, I mean, there are certain sources that don't do that. There's certain sources that will tell you the truth in the headline, which is why I really enjoy Fightful. Uh, I will give them credit every day because they do not do that. They do not treat me like like they don't they don't promote clickbait. They're like they well, they te- they're also on a paywall, so or they have a Patreon subscription, so yeah. they better produce some quality shit if you're gonna be paying for it. Oh, they do. It's just that they, it's just that I noticed. Well, even fightful sometimes I notice they put out stuff. I think they do like play by play of the show, like on NXT. They put out a headline: "Uh, WWE legend Ted DiBiase distracts Cameron Grimes uh, during his match." I'm like. I don't need to know that in a separate article. You could just put that in your NXT recap. Like I'm watching it right now. Oh, well, I mean, it just they, sounds like. But I, also, I don't even want to click that. But <laughs> also, they like they like to, um, in their own way, make separate articles about stuff that doesn't really need to be an article. Just because, <laughs> just because it's funny, which which is fine, because there's been numerous times where they've put out art. Like, I mean. Again, and I I love Fightful, so I will I will defend them to the end. But there was one time, like when people were like with Dominic Mysterio and everything, and like and they put out an article, "Who is Dominic's father?" and it was literally just one sentence. It's, it says it's Ray Mysterio <laughs> as as a joke, and that was amazing to me. Like, because we know that that's true. It's just a WWE and their you know false narratives and stuff. So they mm-hmm. have like, but yeah, the, these these clickbaity articles like everybody does it. Everybody does, and it's kind of annoying to a, to a point because they, like I said, they pull you in with the headline and then they bury the lead right away. And that in particular is like, oh, AEW star quits as a joke. Dot dot dot. They don't tell you that part because they want you to read the article because <laughs> the click is what gets them. Well, uh, for for this uh, for this particular article, they actually delete. I think they deleted it. So I don't know. I guess they got enough clicks from it. Well, it's just some, there was enough because outrage. I used to I used to work in like online journalism in in mm-hmm. some, in some format, not not for wrestling, and yeah. I wrote like articles that were like based on like I didn't. I think my challenge was at the time, like I didn't, I had trouble writing a headline because I didn't want to write something that sounded like clickbait. I wanted a headline mm-hmm. that was as truthful as possible to the subject matter at hand, yep. and I had trouble doing that. So I guess you know, at least I think that's a benefit. That's a positive uh, for, for in this uh, instance, because you know I'm not succumbing myself to like clickbait nonsense. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I might be unqualified. To, to comment because I, I mean I've never actually worked in journalism yeah like I I talk about wrestling 
basically for fun. Yeah, yeah, and no, I get because, it. Because yeah. I like wrestling. So, I, like I said, I give people credit when they deserve credit, and nobody deserves anything for that headline because it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, it's a full out, it's a full blown lie. Like, nobody's quitting. It's a, it's, the tweet was 100% sarcasm, and everybody knew that. Everybody knew that because that's what FTR does. Yeah, maybe. They, yeah, maybe this guy was a bit of a novice. Whoever wrote it and thought it was like serious, and then yeah. when I, and it even deleted, I guess he his uh, editors had a stern talking down and hey, dude, uh, you gotta know Dax. Uh, he's a pretty sarcastic, dude, man. So you gotta you gotta watch what he's actually writing. Now. Yeah, and and he's also a heel. Yeah, it's true. It's it's so. it, yeah. We gotta remember, like wrestlers, they try to you know a couple of them they stay in character even on social media. Yep. Anyway, um, so Mike, what did you uh, want to talk about next? Uh, well, I guess we could talk about uh, AEW Rampage. Yeah, and, let's do it. Um, That's interesting. So AEW announced a second televised show, which is going to be premiering on August thirteenth. And for the time being, until next year, will also be on TNT until next January, where they will both shows will be moving to TBS. And um, we still don't know what this new show is going to be. We only know the name. As far as we know, it's just going to be an extra hour of wrestling on television. But as we all know. AEW has had like four extra hours of wrestling on YouTube. So I I wonder what this show means for the landscape as a whole for AEW because I don't I mean I watch a lot of wrestling. I watch a lot of wrestling. I watch pretty much everything except NWA and ROH because I don't have time for either. And NWA is really bad. But um, Dark and Dark Elevation are both at least two and a half hours sometimes. And a lot of times they're just matches that are, again, are used to promote people that are not on Dynamite, which is fine. But when the matches are super predictable every week, I don't have time to watch Dark and Dark Elevation. Would I like to? Obviously, sure. But not if both shows are going to be two hours long. So my hope is that with this show, Rampage, which as far as we know is going to be an hour-long hour long wrestling show, also on TNT and later TBS, that it will condense those other shows because there's no reason for Dark and Dark Elevation to be two hours two and a half hours every single week especially since one of them is on during raw um yeah uh that i think uh for the for the dark stuff on youtube it is confusing to me why they would have like AEW dark elevation monday and then AEW dark again on tuesday and and there's no difference either except the commentary teams yeah, that's true. I mean, I remember early days of the pandemic when literally everything was shut down and they couldn't shoot anything, almost shoot shoot nothing. I mm-hmm. remember one dark 
was only one match. It was like Cody against whoever, and that was it. And it was just an empty arena. So, yep. you know, if they've gone from that to like having an almost two hour long show on YouTube. So, but yeah, and like, and as I me- I mentioned earlier, like Tony Khan, Tony Khan said in an interview, I think it was for Busted Open, he said that. Or I don't remember where he said this particular thing, but he said that they were actually offered to make Dynamite three hours, and he opt and he opted to make the separate the third hour separate, which, as I mentioned earlier, is what I think WWE should do with Raw, one hundred percent. Take that third hour and do something else with it, because I think Tony Khan realized that making the show three hours would be a drag now do they have the roster to to maintain that absolutely it's gotten to the point where they have too many wrestlers on AEW, but they all get work somehow because of how long dark is so it's really a it's it's like a balancing act of like what is better for the roster but this new show is going to be on tv as opposed to youtube where more people are going to see it because a lot of people don't go out of their way to watch dark because yeah, I mean, it's on YouTube. It, it reminds me when uh, I was watching WCW back in the day and uh, Nitro was, I think, was it two it, hours? I think it was two well, hours. It start, it started as two hours and they yeah. went to three in 1999. Okay. And then they had a Thursday show called WCW Thunder. I think yeah. that was just an hour as, as far as I recall. So, you know, and then, and then it became two hours when I mean, Nitro became. I mean, three. the potential there is for like, you know, because AEW has two hours and they do it a lot in two hours, but you know, I noticed they do just a lot of segments in between, right? And that's all yeah. the time they have. So, if they have an extra hour, they would probably do some of the matches that, that would, would have been matches if they weren't cut back by just segments on the third hour. Yeah. Well, um, as for the, like, as for the YouTube, as for the dark stuff, I I really think it's because of the pandemic that shut down indie wrestling, the indie wrestling network uh-huh. that that you know required some of these guys to get work, and you know AEW scooped them up. So I don't yeah. know if uh, things start opening back up again, uh, you know, in America and up here eventually. Well, you know, I hopefully the independent wrestling network has not died because of COVID, and that oh, I'm sure, some of these, I'm sure some of these companies, back. some of these companies will come back, where some of these guys can like start, you know, traveling again and going to shows. And well, I mean, GC, point, GCW is running. I mean, yeah, there's, I see. there's there's others that are running independently, yeah. like just not with. I mean, PWG hasn't ran since since last March, right? But um, I'm sure they'll be back, like. It's gonna it's gonna open up like everything else. Right. Um, I I just think that, and also like a lot of the people that they use on Dark don't even work for them. Oh yeah, like um one guy, uh, I believe he goes by VSK. I don't know what it stands for. Not MSK. V- VSK. Yeah, yeah VSK. He's, he's uh, been on he, Impact uh, twice a week now. Like he was. Yeah, he's uh, he's a week. he's a Brian Myers trainee. Oh okay, because I've yeah. seen him on AEW Dark too. So. You know, it's one of those guys who are not signed to a death permanent. Yeah, contract. like Ky- Kylan King doesn't work for AEW. Oh, Red Red Velvet doesn't work for AEW. No, no, no. Red Velvet just got signed recently. I I don't remember seeing a report about it. No, no. She put up uh, Red Velvet is all elite. <laughs> okay, then maybe she maybe she. I, I, I think that was just recent. Reported it, but I... yeah, no, okay, no. Then it must have just happened. Was just working but... on a handshake basis for the. Yeah. Long- 
even well, up the, till, even up till her big tag match with Cody against Shaq and yep. <laughs> there, there's a few people that they absolutely should sign because I get and like Kylan King is one of them. Kylan King is really good. They 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 got what's her name? Um, Layla Hirsch. They signed her. Mm-hmm which they should have from the beginning like there's a bunch of like danny limelight they should sign him if they didn't already yeah. like there's a bunch of them like obviously you can't sign all of these people and i get that dark is a way to give them a a showcase type of thing but i don't again i don't have time to watch that will i watch and, and rampage is going to be on directly after smackdown at 10 p.m. So you're like, at this point, do I still want to watch so, wrestling so after two hours of SmackDown? Te- so, so technically, you're going to have three hours of wrestling on Monday and Friday. Well, Friday might be a little better because it's like two different shows. So you get a little variety instead of just yeah. three hours of nonstop crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there's already wrestling on every weekday. I, I don't need... I just don't need wrestling on a, a three-hour wrestling show on YouTube on top of all the wrestling yeah. that I watch on television. You know, you know what they used to do for <laughs> Dark for the uh, AEW YouTube channel. They used to have the show on have the show on YouTube, and then they would segment yep. it out in in uh, they would have each individual match as a separate YouTube post. Well, so I don't the know way they, they I don't the way they did dark that. originally. Were, yeah. The way they did dark originally was great because it was literally it was an hour, it was three or four matches, and they did some some promotion within there. Like Cody used to do that segment where he interviewed people. He stopped doing that. They they used to do little things like obviously that's probably what Rampage is going to be now. I, well, I would on think. elevation they have Paul White interviewing like. Yeah. People. At least that gives them some character as to who they are. Like I was a, really interested in the uh, one he did with Danny Limelight. I didn't know he was a military veteran and mm-hmm. uh, a marine and uh, yeah. stuff about Ryan Nemeth too. I was I thought that was interesting. You know, he talked about his brother, we, who we all know is Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Um, but I think for the dark, I think they need to amend it a bit for on the YouTube. So what after it's broadcast, they need to like have a link below showing like the time sequence when each match begins. So you don't mm-hmm. if you don't want to watch the whole thing, if you just want to watch like one certain match, like if John Moxley was gonna be on Dark Elevation, if you just want to watch that, you could click on that and then the video will skip. Yeah, it. like they can I, do that. I, I've seen them do that before. Yeah, and that would be fine because like I don't want to see I, I no offense to these guys, but I I don't want to see Baron Blade versus like you know uh what's that guy's name uh the they call him the Sarge I can't remember his name um, uh Sarge um I honestly Sean it's Sean something Sean Sean Dean I think yeah that's that's him okay I yeah. don't want to see Baron Blade versus Sean Dean. Uh, no offense to those guys. I think his name's Baron Black and Sean Dean. I think that's the guy you're talking about. But I'm like Baron Black. It's yeah, Baron Blade so. or Baron Black. Yeah, Either so, way, <laughs> the fact that you don't remember his name. That's the problem. That's the pro- like. Those are the matches that are on Dark and Dark Elevation that nobody has time for. Like, sure, these guys might be very good, and Sean Dean actually works there now. Yeah, but, I think he got signed. Yeah, the captain Sean Dean. Yes, he just went all elite recently. That's it. Okay. See, I see. I couldn't even remember. 
Well, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I think this is just a matter of providing content for AEW in the, in, down the road. And yeah. like, you know, if, it's some just, of these, when, if some of these guys do not end up getting signed by AEW and they need to like, you know, it's like, job, it's like applying for a job. If they're trying to promote themselves and trying to get signed somewhere else, it was like, hey, look what I did on AEW. Yeah. There you go. I was on AEW. And I think maybe they can treat, they can treat Rampage like a like Dynamite Light where like instead of having a Moxley match on YouTube, you can have a Moxley match on the other show or instead of having an eddie kingston match on youtube you can have an eddie kingston match on the other show and the people that were not on dynamite that you were going to put on dark put them on rampage and again if rampage is going to be the formula of what dark used to be which is like i said an hour long with three to four matches tops then that's the show that you use to get people that are supposed to be on Dynamite on TV. Whereas Dark can be just for those people that are working to get there. Okay, I think uh, we've said enough on this topic. So we're putting yeah. that idea out there to All Elite Wrestling. Hopefully they're listening. Somebody there is listening. Yeah, somebody. Um, yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up this uh, the latest... Um, impact uh, commercial about Slammiversary, which we now know will take place on Saturday, July 17th. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Mike. Um, I have. Okay, it's the same commercial. They're doing these shots of like downtown Nashville. Um, and then we, yeah, and then I think they have a voice in the back saying a bunch of wrestlers are getting released. And then mm -hmm. they go to like cutaways of Samoa Joe, Mickey James, uh, Okada, Naito from New Japan. And I'm seeing some a bunch of new stuff. I'm seeing, okay, I saw the Australian flag, Mexican flag. So I have, mm -hmm. who knows what that means? But then I see um, two eyes put together, like the Roman numeral two. And then yeah. I also see a flash of the word yes. <laughs> so I and think then the, there was an, there was another one that said forgotten. Yeah, and then I and then I think it was also like a. Bible page of the Bible, and then they say our world is about to change again. We've uh -huh. seen that before, so it's like an well, yeah. upgrade. It's, the, to same, the, first it's the same, the same thing they did last year. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, the, I mean, Impact is really good at at this getting people talking. Obviously, and we, and as soon as people see that, like, oh, there's a sign that says yes, and it's in a familiar looking font. <laughs> people are like, oh, is Daniel Bryan going to Impact? I don't well, think so. Uh, really? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, they like I said, they've done this before. Last year, they put a Russian flag, a Bulgarian flag in there. and Oh, you know, really? Oh, Mir Miro didn't go to Impact. You know, um, they they a lot of times they, they put something in there to get you thinking that those people will go there, and then they don't. So they did the same thing last year when everybody got released and you were thinking like, Oh, is, is this person going to go to impact? Is this person going to go to impact? And then the people that we expected to go to impact went to impact. Hmm. I don't think as far, I mean, I mean, Samoa Joe could absolutely go to impact if he wants to, but he should want to be on a national stage. And the only way to do that is to go to AEW. Hmm. That's a good um, point. Yeah. Uh, the same thing with Chelsea Green 
The same thing with the Iconics, even though the Iconics could absolutely go to Impact because they have a women's tag division that they actually take care of. Right. And they have like actual tag team titles that need tag teams to compete for. Yes. Um, Realistically, now, not every single person is going to go to the same place. Now, and we all know that. Realistically, if you're looking at it, Chelsea Green could absolutely go back to Impact because she's liked there. She's They know how good she is. She'll be in a main event spot right away. She'd get to work with Deanna, which who doesn't want to work with Deanna? Also, her like, fiancé, Matt Cardona, also works yeah, there. Also works there. Uh, the same, And again, the same thing can be said about the Forgotten Sons. That's true. Steve Cutler is dating Deanna Perrazzo, so that immediately is like, oh, he'll probably go to Impact. So why wouldn't him and Wesley Blake remain a team? Steve Macklin, and I forget what Wesley Blake's real name is now. Yeah, but uh, um, I think so. They, I, think... I could see them in Impact as well. Okay, just for that reason. Yeah, I think the most obvious takeaway from this uh promo is that Slammiversary is definitely going to have a live audience. That's yes. my take on it. Because in the first one, they did well, a, have they have they announced that? No, but they pan to uh to a shot of a place called Ryman Auditorium, which I believe is in uh-huh. Nashville. Okay. So, I mean, if you want to start live shows again, I mean, because everybody I, has announced the return of crowds except for Impact. Exactly. So, so I mean, the do the, the live shows are being done in Texas, but I am not sure. I'll look it up later. But I think uh, Tennessee is probably opening up as well, which is where they're taping their. Impact mm-hmm. shows right now yeah. um yeah it's so much in there to, to look at like you know there's like shots of the bullet club logo new japan logo well i mean Obviously, there's already we mentioned there's yeah, already we bullet it. club yeah we mentioned that but this but the the but the fact they're putting in clips of like okada it's really intriguing to me because okada well, you know one of new japan's like biggest stars like they actually land and and he hates impact wrestling oh really okay that's well you know you know why right I am not sure why. Can you uh, explain well, that to the listeners? <laughs> well, over a decade ago, in like 2009-ish, Okada was in Impact Wrestling okay, doing, doing a gimmick where he looked like Kato from the Green Hornet. <laughs> oh, jeez. And um, he was managing Samoa Joe. Oh. And everybody knew that Okada was going to be like the big star in New Japan. So when he went on excursion to Impact and did that, everybody was like, oh, we th- that was actually like the strain on the original partnership between Impact yeah. oh, okay. and New Japan. Yeah. Because they wanted Okada to get reps and win matches and get prepared to be who he is now. And Impact treated him like a manager who didn't win matches at all. Well, the so, fact that you said that they dressed him up like Kato from the Green Hornet, it's also yeah. a stereotype. You're like, oh, but yeah, you got this guy. Okay. But we'll just, also, we'll just put this, you in was, a... this was a way different regime in Impact. Everything was, this was everything like, yeah, was different. We're talking about a decade ago yeah. when Impact was, or TNA was like being run into the ground who, by who? Yes. yes. You get but also, now, so. New, Japan, New Japan is known for holding grudges on stuff like that. I mean, obviously they've they've had some leeway recently with 
their tag teams winning championships in Impact and uh, and Phantasmo getting a title yeah, shot. Yeah, and now and, next week we're gonna see Santoshi Kojima on Impact. Yeah, yeah. yes, Kojima is gonna be on Impact yeah. next week. They um they ran obviously like you said they ran a video package where Naito was in there and Naito was also in Impact. For a yeah, spell. yeah, I think I have seen the uh, the old TNA clips from before. Yes, he uh, he was teaming with Yujiro Takahashi. Okay, they were a tag team back in the day, and they were on Impact as well back in like two thousand five or something. Um, but yeah, I again well, they well, they I did think... this exact thing last year, and yeah. not everybody in the video was there. Again, I think they only put the yes thing in there to get you to believe that Daniel Bryan would go to Impact. Now, sure, Daniel Bryan has said he'll go anywhere and work with anybody. But again, why would he want to be on Access when he can be on well, TNT? Well, well, let's think about this. Last year, we, we saw EC3 go back to Impact, but he didn't stay for long. He ended up going no. to honor so if if uh if brian is doing this uh sort of like um kind of like end of his career tour like he, he wants to go wrestle across a bunch of yeah. promotions. if his contract has run out then he can show up on impact you know maybe commit to uh, certain dates and then move on to absolutely like, roh maybe even show up in aew at one point absolutely and you know, i mean like, i would Co- love to see daniel bryan the wrestling journeyman like like to cap off his career going to all these different places. And Cody did the same thing. He worked, he worked impact yeah, the for models a, there. Mo- yeah. a month. Um, so I could, again, Daniel Bryan doesn't have to sign anywhere. He could, he could literally just do per appearance for literally everybody if he wants to. Yeah. Cause it's not like he doesn't have money. So absolutely. I could see that, but I, I mean, I'm trying to think about it on paper. Who would he want to work with in Impact? Moose, um, Rich Swan, maybe Josh Alexander. Like I would love Josh to Alexander. That would be a great match. Yeah, but it has to be somebody that the marquee is going to mean something to people, and you can get that with Kenny Omega in AEW. I don't know if they would. Well, want to do- with Kenny, I definitely see him like still being champion by this time, and. I think, like we mentioned it, Samoa Joe, I think, would be like a big challenge. And I also see, with, like with Daniel Bryan, maybe Samoa Joe is also going to be a temporary staying at Impact before maybe decide to sign with AEW. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, again, we're not, we're, I guess we're not putting that into account. Like a lot of these bigger name people like Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan could just, do like a per appearance type deal for every company instead of actually signing somewhere. And that, that would be fine because, you know, some people might be better off signing for one particular place. Like, like the Iconics would probably be better off just signing with impact. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the forgotten sons would probably be better off just signing with impact because they would be showcased immediately. Right. And um Mickey know, the Mick, same- they also showed Mickey James. Mickey James yeah. might come back. Yeah, she could go she could come back as well. I I mean I again 
I maybe I'm just being selfish, but I would like to see her in a in AW working with like Britt Baker and like every I mean the AW roster is amazing right now, the women. Uh just Serena. What what a what a big change, huh? Like we just yeah, just six months ago we were wondering where is the women's yeah. division there. And, and now it's... and now it's great. Britt Baker is on the top of her game. She's probably gonna be the champion. Serena Deeb is amazing that match was crazy with red velvet i was like watching that i was really thinking wow are they really gonna make her drop the belt here because it looks like it's really close (laughs) yeah so i could i mean again it's it's anybody's guess where these people are gonna go i i just just don't expect any of them to go to nwa (laughs) (laughs) well mickey james might have an incentive to go to nwa considering you know her husband is yeah with the with their roster of two people <laughs> oh my god is it that bad cuz i i think i watched one episode of the nwa power hour or whatever they called it and it like the wrestling they, was okay but it's just like it looks like as far you know, as i know the only people that are officially on their women's roster are camille and thunder rosa there was this other woman too. I think uh, I forgot her name. Homicide or no, not homicide. Homicide. She had make no, no. Uh, it's some genocide, right? That's what she calls genocide. It. Yeah, and then uh, she has this. And, I mean, you better look it up. Uh, Melina, Melina's there too, but she's not know, wrestling. She's not not wrestling is not wrestling as often. Uh, Ashley Vox used to be there, but I think she's gone. Uh, Allison mm-hmm. K is gone, not coming back. Um. Yeah, they, they don't have any women there. And they recently ran a storyline where if Thunder Rosa lost to Camille, she couldn't work anywhere except NWA, which is really bad. Well, she she did lose to Camille, didn't she, recently for the number one contenders spot? Oh, uh, well, I think they continued the story. Oh. There's They ran an angle, and I've seen everybody talk about this. They ran an angle where Camille did a promo and talked about how like, Oh, Thunder Rosa likes to work, uh, you know, for other places and this yeah. and, that and the other thing and promote herself and do this. Yeah. And that. yeah you're and, right. Their, their female roster is very shallow right now. I mean, and they ran, they ran an angle where Camille said, this is a thing that actually happened. She said, if you lose to me again, you cannot work anywhere except nwa oh so they made working for nwa sound like a punishment <laughs> well look, i mean the, the roster is really thin like i see alex garcia uh genocide that spelled jenna like the name jenna and then side jenna, the yeah, jenna like, side yeah yeah and then camille melina serena deep who basically spends her time well, at AEW, Taryn Terrell and Thunder Rosa. Uh, Taryn Terrell hasn't even wrestled since she came yeah, back. I don't think she's actually she, a wrestling. She's just a. Uh, who knows? I stopped watching it. I stopped watching NWA after that pay per view that they had, where they came when they came back. Oh, really? and yeah, I can't. I can't do it anymore. They're from. They're they're promoting. Freaking Tyrus or Brodus Clay, and he's oh yeah horrible. Yeah, his uh, the stuff I've heard about him is very uh. Well, he's just a bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides that, he's just a horrible wrestler. <laughs> okay, 
and they're actually giving him wins for some reason. And then they, they ran an angle recently. And again, I didn't see this. I only heard about it. They ran an angle recently where the tag team champions didn't want to wrestle. So they just ended the show. Instead of like putting something else in there, they were supposed to have like a tag title match as the main event. And the tag champs were like, ah, I don't feel like it. And then the show just went off the air. <laughs> okay. That's silly way to end uh, end the show. Yeah. So NWA is in really bad shape. So I hope that none of these people that are free agents go there. (laughs) Okay. And on that note, we'll see what happens with uh, Slammiversary coming up Saturday, July 17th. We may see a lot of uh, interesting uh, people join the impact. We may not. Who knows? We'll, you know, we're being kept uh, on our toes here. So uh, I think we're on our last topic, and Mike, I think it's uh, this is the final topic for us for our pod today, and it's yours. So which uh, which which one is this? Uh, it was another AW. Yeah, you said fans uh, expecting too much to see with the partnerships. Yes. Well, that's that's the thing that I have noticed recently, and again, this is I mean it's social media, so uh, you know it gets over it, it gets extreme to the extent where people expect something right out the gate like people are expecting that because awa work um, aew works with impact and works with new japan and works with triple uh, a and to an extent mlw because mlw and triple a are basically working together also um that they that they expect bigger things to happen like i i know people who are wrestling fans that are like oh when when is this impact and aw thing going to going to ramp up when is this going to turn into something that makes me want to care about impact well if you don't care about impact right now based on what's going on then you're not going to care about it later I only what I only only recently restarted watching Impact because of the AEW partnership and Impact being better because of it. But people are expecting like everybody from Impact to come to AEW when there's already a giant roster on AEW. Like, yes, it would help certain storylines like we and we we all talked about it like Kenny Omega when he was going to challenge Rich Swan they never mentioned Rich Swan on AEW ever now yes that would have helped the promotion big i think people fans are expecting way too much out of the partnership because they're expecting like Again, like they're working with New Japan now and they're expecting Okada, expecting big names to just show up whenever they, whenever and wherever all the time. When we just recently just got, and they obviously AEW spread out the New Japan appearances, like they had Kenta the one week and then they had Nagata last week. But I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are like, if Okada's not going to be on AEW, what's the point? Yeah, um, I, you know, 
Yeah, when this whole thing started, I, I, I too, I think I was expecting a lot of big things, but then I think reality set in, and I have to realize that Impact and AEW, they're two different, they're still fundamentally two different companies. This is not mm-hmm. like WWE doing the invasion angle or even the Survivor Series 2019 when WWE had all three brands like fighting each other on each show. Mm-hmm. Because they're still the same company, still under one umbrella. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would have. Ex- I think I kind of expected a little bit more effort from the Impact side in terms of the um, build up to the Rebellion match, because it was all just in Impact. I mean, I did kind of expect maybe even just one Rich Swan appearance. Because now, now, now I agree. Point, now at this point, Rich Swan kind of. I know he's. Has the two belt had the two belts before as a mm-hmm. double champion, but the way they built that is he kind of look, looks almost like 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 a transitional champion as soon as they as soon as Omega started showing up at Impact Wrestling and then well because they you know, they telegraphed the result of that match <sighs> they telegraphed the result of that match by not having Rich Swan on AEW you have Kenny Omega promoting himself on both shows and so you immediately are like oh okay Kenny Omega is winning we all know that. Because he's on both shows. Mm. But Rich Swan is not on both shows, which means AW doesn't care about having Impact's champion, unless it's one of theirs, on their show, which is a problem. Now, again, I don't think that AW went about, like, obviously, Tony Khan is. He cares to it to an extent because obviously he wants to protect his business and he also does the, you know, every single week on Impact, he has those promotion videos with him and Tony Schiavone. Well, those have and, stopped since uh, Impact yeah, they, the Thursday now. So. Yeah, I noticed that actually. So again, and, and you've had Impact representation on AEW, but nothing past the Good Brothers. Exactly. It's like... and. I'm- like again the the new japan stuff is based on like you know travel restrictions and everything that's not going to happen as often as it could when there isn't still a pandemic going on maybe more things will happen in the future obviously there is a chance that okada will be on an aw show one day there is a chance that naito will be on an aw show one day but i think especially like the the mainstream like IWC people who are expecting way too much way too soon need to like slow down and realize like that can't all happen at once i mean i think a lot of people and i was in the boat i was in this boat where everybody was like oh this impact partnership is going to lead to like an invasion type thing and maybe they'll use blood and guts to do that and th- this that and the other thing and that didn't happen could it still happen down the line? Absolutely. Obviously, it's going to be easier to do that when travel restrictions are not a problem. You know, because uh, there's a lot of people in Impact that don't live in America. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, my, I think I heard recently that Josh Alexander is moving his whole family down to Nashville now because he 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 would used he his family used to be from around here Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that works out well for him personally and professionally because he works in the city. So yeah, um, 
but yeah, I think even, I think with without the travel restrictions, did you think like like let's just say that COVID wasn't a thing, and that last December when Kenny won the AEW title and then said he was going to scoot on over to Tuesday, would this have led to something more with this whole Impact partnership thing um, if there, if travel restrictions weren't a, a thing a factor? See, I think that depends on on the, on the sides agreeing on something because I feel like. Obviously, Tony Khan knows what he's doing, but he's also being very protective, uh, in a sense, because like, if you really think of like, Kenny Omega is and and Private Party are really the only people that have appeared on Impact, and Kenny Omega's just been beating everybody. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's just running roughshod across. He's just been beating everybody on on both shows. And the only loss that he has in impact was a six man where he didn't get pinned. Right. So it's like, I don't, I, I don't know. I is, is there a possibility that maybe if there wasn't a pandemic, there was more planned. Very. It's very possible. Yeah. Like what did it, would they have done an invasion angle earlier? Would they have decided, Oh yeah, let's, uh, I think they're, you know, maybe right after Omega won the title at Rebellion, then they would have started something. Yeah, I mean, like, I fully expected the Young Bucks to appear in Impact by now, and they haven't. And that seems like a problem to me. I fully expected to see Rich Swan on AEW, and I didn't. I fully expect to see other people from Impact showing up in AEW just to have somebody new to work with. I mean, there was because... so there was a lot of opportunities for Rich Swan to uh, like pop up. I think um, I don't know if this happened after Rebellion or before. I think it happened before. But Moxley and Kingston using their truck to ram the the Elite's trailer, they could have mm-hmm. just said, "Hey, we uh, we brought a little friend," and then Rich Swan pops up. See, and that's a, that's another thing. Before hey. Moxley and Kingston even got together, I fully expected Sammy Callahan to be working with John Moxley by now. Oh yeah, actually he would fit better with that group. <laughs> exactly. I fully expected that to happen and it hasn't. And it's just weird that it hasn't. It's weird, but again, I can't really uh, again, the whole point of this argument was like our fans expecting too much and I think it it it's hard to say whether uh, on the new Japan side, absolutely absolutely right now you're expecting way too much from the new japan side it's not that easy for that stuff to to happen right now notice how nobody from AEW has been to new japan since last january so um again that i i think that's part of tony khan being very protective over his roster and not wanting him to lose anybody who has to stay in Japan for two weeks to quarantine before wrestling. Um, even though Pac goes to the UK every week, every couple of weeks, that's why we don't see him sometimes. But I just don't think that I, there's absolutely more that can be done between the Impact and AW relationship. The, the New Japan side is where the fans need to slow down and relax. Like, give it some time. Let things open up in Japan more, obviously. Things are not as open. I mean, for you in Canada, Japan, 
every country that really isn't U.S. right now is not as open as, yeah, although, as U.S. Although the last couple of weeks, uh, I think there's been more activity with the AEW New Japan partnership than, than there has been with AEW and the Impact partnership. The fact that New Japan has a show called New Japan Strong but that runs over here in America yeah. at least gives a window for some of the guys who are stuck over here in America that work for New Japan. Like oh, I wouldn't so- be surprised if Finju shows up on New Japan Strong for some reason. And I mean, they had to make a new title for this show just because yeah. they can't get the... You, 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 you need something to like spice up the uh, story. Yeah, but I think I think fans especially are expecting like the big name Japanese talents or big name like Jay. The fans are expecting Jay White and Okada and Naito, and I mean Yuji Nagata is not really doing anything right now. You, you know, Satoshi Kojima is not really doing anything right now. That's why these guys are able to come. Um, yeah, I mean those guys. Oh, those guys are veterans who are not being used anymore to the extent that they were in New Japan, say, fifteen years ago. Whereas Jay White and Okada, even though he's been working hurt, and Naito, who's always working hurt, <laughs> uh, are busy and can't come here. You know, so yes. Yeah. New Japan Strong makes it easier for like, like if Tom Lawler wanted to show up on AEW, he absolutely could. Well, uh, I I don't know what his contract situation is with MLW, but um, that's the thing. Like, there's absolutely more that can be done with Impact and AEW. Absolutely, like even there's more going on between Impact and New Japan, which exactly, is shocking. Yeah. Which is shocking. To the point where, like, why haven't Finju showed up on AEW yet? Why hasn't Phantasmo showed up on AEW yet? Both of these talents work for New Japan. So it's not like they can't go from Tennessee to Florida. Unless they've got New yeah. Japan obligations. At the, at the end of the day, that's like some kind of, I guess, booking decision. They're thinking, yes. of like, which of stars course. should we put on Impact? Which one should we put on AEW? And then I'm thinking to myself, maybe AEW, I think their fan base watches New Japan a little more. So mm-hmm. I think they'll be more familiar with someone like a Yuji Nagata, um, which, you know, it's surprising to me that Kojima would show up on Impact instead of AEW, you know, because like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think New Japan is actually a very sprawling organization in my mind because they have like a presence in Japan, obviously. Now have a presence in America. I mean, they have all these minor little partnerships with all these other smaller promotions. I think yep. they're a little more open with their they, talent and working wherever than um, they have. Par- they have more partnerships with they. They have more partnerships than any organization, as far as I know. They've been working with AAA for a while. They've been working with MLW. They've been working now with Impact again, to an extent. A, a you know AEW. Yeah. So they've been working with a lot of people. Uh, even you know uh, for a while they were working with CMLL, but that relationship is over. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I obviously I would love to see more New Japan talent in AEW. There's already a lot of talent in AEW to the point where that might not be as plausible as we would all like. 
but they absolutely need to figure out this thing with impact and they should be trading talent literally all the time to the point where like when we were saying for like months like we mentioned before when we were saying how the AEW women's roster was not great because a lot of people were hurt or not on the level that they should be yet there absolutely should have been impact people on AEW in that division like Tennille should have been on AEW just to just for some appearances to help the division out why why can't Je- Jessica Havoc show up on AEW when she's not doing anything why can't Rosemary or the entire group of um uh, what's their their name uh um decay 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 why can't that entire group show up on AEW when they're not doing anything because they really aren't right now yeah um on the latest impact they kind of just popped into showed up swingers yeah. palace that illegal yeah. casino segment they have in the back um and, like you've seen like diana perrazzo say like oh i want to work with Britt baker again obviously that can happen with this relationship you've seen diana perrazzo say like oh i want to work with serena deep i want to work with her uh hikaru shida yeah all of these things are things that can happen to the point like because that's the thing in impact that i think they're bringing back all these people that just to lose to Diana when she could be working with AEW people. Like Taylor Wilde's not going to beat Diana, and we know that. When she could be working with somebody from AEW who's not really doing anything, or you know, yeah, I think the key um, point we should watch is mid July because it looks like everybody's opening up again. Absolutely. It's literally like mid-July when all the shows are aligning themselves. Slammiversary, SmackDown, um, Money in the, is it Money in the Bank? Yeah, Money in the Bank. July 16th is right. when SmackDown is first yes. having and then, fans. And then Slammiversary is literally the day after. And then, yeah, we'll see what happens because it's just, uh, you know, the last year and a I, half has just been... Yeah. It's been tough, uh, like, overall, but I think for wrestling, they still managed to keep stuff alive in, in like... I mean, and keep stuff going. But I think once the world goes back to some semblance yeah. of normal normalcy, that we'll see these kind of partnerships. Yeah. Like, and I, I really stronger. hope the thing that I'm hoping the most out of these partnerships is at least trade talent when there's time. You know, like again, we saw just to reiterate, we saw a private party and impact when they had nothing to do in AEW. And that can be happening on both sides. That's true. Okay. Um, and on that note, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening on this episode of Fantastic uh, Wrestle Corner. Uh, Mike, why don't you uh, introduce yourself again and let us know what you're working on and anything you're expecting to see in the next week in the world of wrestling. All right. Uh, Mike Charlotte. Uh, my Twitter is at MikeJC821. Um continue to look out for those aw reviews on sltd wrestling um in the coming weeks i i mean i hope that we get some kind of clear uh path to where we're going in uh um the build tell in a cell which is happening in june now and uh, next week we'll be predicting double or nothing 
So that should be uh, that should be good. Okay, and I am Alan at the Fantastic on SLTD Wrestling. You can find my weekly Impact reviews on that website as well. I am actually looking forward to NXT next week, where we see Balor versus Cross Part Two. Oh and, yeah, that's um, gonna be good. Yeah, I'm. Lo- I'm actually NXT is actually looking way better now than since they moved to Tuesday nights. It's just, uh, I mean, I actually want to see what's going on with this Ted DiBiase, Cameron Grimes situation, because obviously Ted DiBiase is not uh, wrestling Cameron Grimes. I don't, I don't <laughs> know what the payoff to that is going to be. I think logically the payoff would be that Cameron Grimes just runs out of money. That would be a hilarious ending to this. Uh, I mean, yeah. if, if nothing else, I mean the if uh, the the, tra- the tra- traditional. Um, I think uh, ending I would have expected is DiBiase finding a surrogate to wrestle for him, but I have no idea who that would be at this point. But yeah, so suffice it to say, I think Cameron Grimes losing all his money is really the only way that could end. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yes, thank you again for listening, everyone, and have a good day.